Hey everyone, Adam here with the Shooter's Touch. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When Brian and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had tons of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get my show into all the apps like Spotify, Apple Podcast, where all of our listeners can listen to it? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is actually pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and it is honestly ridiculously easy to use. Now, Anchor can match you with your great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast immediately. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading all of this stuff to you. So, when Brian and I started this podcast venture, one of our huge issues was we both have families, multiple kids, day jobs, multiple jobs sometimes. How are we going to get in the same spot at the same time to do this podcast on a regular basis? Anchor does that. No need to be in the same spot. It's essentially a phone call to one another and you're recording a podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, you need to go to anchor.fm backslash start to join me and Shooter's Touch and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear from you and to listen to your podcast. Welcome back, Shooter's Touch fans. We are here on an absolutely brutally cold Iowa Day, uh, here to talk some basketball. I'm Adam Beat again uh, with Brian. Um, gonna review the the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones last couple of days here with some uh, um, one big conference game for the Hawkeyes and then a uh, a game in the Big Twelve SEC battle for the Cyclones. Brian, you want to jump in with the with the Hawkeyes and let's uh, let's talk some Iowa Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. It feels like. Uh... It feels like we keep uh, going on this roller coaster ride with these two teams um, in and out of the top 25, back and forth. Uh, Cyclones will drop a few, Hawks drop a few, Cyclones win a few, Hawks win a few. And so um, it's been, uh, it's made it, it's made for an interesting season definitely here so far um, as, as we go through <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're starting to get in that second time around conference season. But, um, yeah, so as we take a look at the Hawks, obviously, unfortunately, not a lot to talk about. I had a rough week um, for the Hawks. Obviously, the Michigan State game at home, uh, that was something that, you know, for 20, call it 24, 25 minutes of that game um, was really exciting. The, the Hawks came out in the first half and were ready to play some defense and were scoring the, bar, the ball at a good clip and were hustling and um, things looked pretty good and came out in the second half and we're still battling in the early part of the half. And then the wheels just fell off. Um, Michigan state, obviously we know how good they are, but um, I think it was more of a, it was more of an Iowa's inability to score in the half court and obviously inability to get stops on defense, uh, which is, you know, something that, you know, you and I and uh, other Hawk fans have talked about here pretty consistently as we move through the year. And then as you look at last night, uh, then we have the Minnesota matchup in which that, um, you know, heading up there, obviously never a good place to play or easy place to play. And it it definitely hasn't um, treated the Hawks all that well uh, as well. 
And so getting up there, obviously a little unknown as far as what's going to happen after that Michigan State and kind of the way that that all went down. Um, I do think that uh, Minnesota has um, players that are probably more talented and a little bit better than what their record shows. Um, so I can't say I was overly surprised uh, with the with the outcome and obviously how it ended up looking. I mean, you look at a 92-87 game, um, I would say, okay, yeah, I kind of could foresee that coming. Um, the way in which that had happened, that, that was something that obviously did not see coming in, in that first half. And, um, you know, just how miserable that was defensively again um, for the Hawks. It looked like it was a, a layup drill in practice for the Gophers. And so um, that was not the, obviously the way that uh, the way the Hawks wanted to start. And I tell you what, I mean, it's just it really just kind of comes down to the Hawks being able to play, you know, two halves of defensive basketball. I mean, just get stops when they need them and make plays in the half court when they need to. And, uh, and they're definitely lacking, um, when it comes to the, when it comes to being able to put two halves together, and you know the, this week was a clear example of that, both with uh, Michigan State and Minnesota. Um, you know, I think maybe the, one of the positives that did come from the game last night against the Gophers was hopefully maybe Isaiah Moss and uh, his ability to shoot the basketball came out hot. Finished the game with twenty three. You know, seemed to really feel comfortable out there and shot the ball well from behind the arc, and so. Hopefully that continues to carry over. Um, you know, Luca Garza had just even in the last two games, I believe it was 20 against Michigan State and then 25 last night against Minnesota. Um, you know, he's coming to play. Tyler Cook, as we talked about, you're going to get, you know, 18 and 9 he had last night. Um, I think he had another 15 and 10 or something like that against Michigan State, as we've talked yep. about before. You, you just know what you're going to get from him. And so him and Luca seem to be the only two that are constantly consistently showing up each and every night. And so that's, that's good to see, but you got it. You got to start to have some of these other guys step up, you know, Isaiah Moss stepped up last night, which was great. Um, but Bohannon, um, two points, Wieskamp, three points, you know, and those guys got yanked in the first half and played, uh, you know, limited minutes. Bohannon ended with 21 minutes and Wieskamp had 20, um, you know, you go to the bench, but you don't have any scoring on the bench. I mean, Connor's not going to score for you. You know, Nicholas Bears obviously limited. Uh, Macy Daly's limited. And so, you know, I understand trying to make a point as far as the, the poor defensive output in which that you're getting from your starters. But uh, to win basketball games, you got to be able to score the basketball as well. Um, just continues to be a problem. Flipping back here, looking at the Michigan State game, Jordan Bohan played 34 minutes and he scored three points. Like as a point guard, as a guy that's going to have the ball in your hand the majority of the time, and as a good a shooter as he is, the fact that he was only able to score three points, um, you know, just doesn't bode well for the Hawkeyes and what they have moving forward. Yeah, and I think you're, you know, you touched on a couple things there. Going back to going back to the Michigan State game, you know, and then and then kind of coupling in the the Minnesota game as well. It almost seemed like that second half of the Michigan State game. Um, you know, lasted almost lasted almost two games for the Hawkeyes. You know, they they came out in the first half. Michigan State played played actually pretty well. Um, you know, had a had a, had had a couple good stops. You know, scored the basketball, and then that second half just just kind of just kind of petered out. You know, it. Um, you said that playing two halves of basketball has been a problem for the Hawkeyes lately, um, <clears throat> and then. You know, you go up, go up to Minneapolis, which you said is is a historically hard, you know, tough place to play. 
However, you know, with a with a Hawkeye team that has been in the top twenty five consistently this year, and you know, beating some really good teams, you would expect a better output, um, better output on the offensive end and the defensive end. You know, the you look at the first half, Minnesota Minnesota scored fifty five points in the first half. I mean, that's not that's that's by no means getting getting any stops really. Um, I would I would love to see a stat on you know, the, the ratio of how many times the Gophers had the ball and how many times they actually scored the ball. Um, and then, you know, you're right. Um, you know, we came from Bohan and getting yanked in the first, in the first half, um, understand having to prove a point, but you know, there comes a, there comes a time where your where your scorers need to be on the floor and they, you know, they came back, um, you know, only ended up, ended up losing by five. Um, when I think they were down at one point with about five minutes left in the second half, 81 to 65, um, then Iowa rattled off 11 or 12 straight and, you know, they, they had themselves in the hole. So they, so they were still down. Um, you know, they, they got a good output from Luca Garza again. He's been, he's been their rock there and Tyler Cook, you know, you know what you're going to get from him. Um, you know, he's never going to score 40 points for you, you know, but he's always going to have that between 15 and 20, 22 points um, a night along with the rebounds. So, you know, it doesn't get any easier here for the Hawkeyes. Michigan comes to town this coming Friday. Um, you know, another opportunity to prove that, you know, they're, they're a good, a good basketball team and, you know, deserving of a top 25 ranking. Um, will be interesting to see how, how, how Fran handles, the not not necessarily starting lineup, but you know the substitutions. You know, with with Wieskamp and Bohannon not playing very much against Michigan. You mentioned that you know Bohan or excuse me, uh, not playing much against Minnesota. Um, and you mentioned Bohannon. You know, having three against Michigan State, having two um, against Minnesota, and you know, does that is that going to change his playing time? Um, you know, in my opinion, it shouldn't. You know, but at the same time, um, you just Honestly, I don't feel like I ever know what what Fran's going to do with that lineup. Well, you know, and the thing the thing with Jordan Bohannon and what we've seen here over the last couple of weeks is he's obviously obviously not playing his best basketball. Um, but I, you know, I think it's I think it's as much a lack, lack of confidence type of thing. You know, because we've seen games in which he does come out and hits a few threes early, and then it just changes the whole flow of his game. It changes it on both ends for him. And so, you know, Fran obviously knows these kids better than I do. But, I mean, that's one of those things where you, you kind of look at the situation. You look at this kid and where he's trending. Obviously, yanking him, uh, you know, in that game, what kind of effect is that going to have on him moving forward? You know, hopefully hopefully it's a light bulb moment. But, you know, sometimes you've seen that go the other way. You know, and unfortunately, I think that the other thing is that, you know, with the, with the fan base and, you know, with Hawkeye with Hawkeye fans and supporters, you know, they've, they've seen this time and time again from McCaffrey led teams in that, you know, they rack up some really good wins early. And then there's always a time um, throughout the season that seems like the wheels fall off, you know, and obviously as we led with, I mean, Michigan state and Minnesota on the road. I mean, those are, those are two quality opponents. Um, You know, probably not something that realistically going into this year, you expected to win, but, you look at their body of work and the and the wins and the teams that they have been able to beat um, and the the play in which they've been able to do and so then now all of a sudden your expectations come up but everybody always kind of that old looking over your shoulder when it when's it going to happen 
Um, you know, I heard a lot and kind of read quite a bit today, maybe some knee jerk reactions to where Fran falls, um, in the scheme of, you know, with this Hawkeye team and this program moving forward. And, you know, I think it's obviously a little knee jerk. I think we kind of need to need to play this out and see kind of where things are at and curb the expectations just a little bit. Um, you know, but cause as you look at the schedule, like you said, it doesn't get any easier. Um, fortunately Michigan is at home. Uh, but then after that, I mean, they really, they really don't have a ton left in which that I would say that they would be the underdogs, maybe other than Maryland, um, at Ohio state and at Wisconsin. I mean, you got Rutgers twice, you got Indiana right. twice, you got Nebraska again, you got Northwestern. And so, you know, this could end up shaping out to be, you know, a much better season than we, than we originally expected. And so, I, you know, I think you just got to kind of get to March and, you know, I don't know that it gets any better because that's kind of been one of Fran's other downfalls is just that unable to win games in the Big Ten tournament and then obviously the NCAA tournament as well. And so, I don't know, I think you just got to kind of take a deep breath and take a look at everything and, and be realistic about it. But, uh, you know, at the end of the year, you know, I do think it is something that maybe, you know, maybe there's a little bit more buzz and something to talk about. Not that, uh, not that Fran's going anywhere with the $9 million buyout. That he's got in his contract, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's got to come a point where uh, you know you really kind of look at, at the future of the program. Yeah, and I think that you're exactly right. I mean, they historically, at least in my opinion, Hawkeye fans have been very knee jerk in in these types of situations. Um, and I think you're right. Just a deep breath. You know, they've they're right now 16 and five. Um, they have this this game coming up with Michigan that. You know, number one, you know, you look at how good Michigan is, but it also provides an opportunity for you, right? You know, you have a you have a, a top ten team at home on a Friday night. Hopefully, you know, you can fill Carver up, and um, you know, potentially get a big time win there. And then, you know, you set yourself up for having a you know an an easier schedule moving forward here into into February into March, and uh, you know, potential to to be on a on a pretty big or you know, a pretty good win streak here going into the big 10 tournament. And, um, you know, you, you hope into the NCAA tournament too. So um, yeah, this, I'm, I'm very interested to watch this game on Friday, just if nothing else for good basketball and to see how, how Fran handles that, handles that lineup, um, you know, with, with Bohannon and Wieskamp kind of, you, you know, the last couple of games, not maybe playing up to what, up to what they should be or what to, or what they're expected to play at. So um, yeah. No, I I think that uh, they match up a little bit better. You know, obviously Wolverines are very good, but I think, you know, as far as uh, up and down the lineup, I think they match up a little bit better with them. So I, de- I do yeah. think it'll be a good game, and it's obviously a huge advantage that it's at Carver, um, given the way that the Hawks have played on the road, um, you know, over the last couple of years. And so it'll be big. You know, it, it, it'll be something where, you know, again, this guy's not going to be fall- not falling if they, if they lose to a good Michigan team, um, you know, set them up moving forward. But – I think it's just all, like you said, just kind of see, okay, how, where do we go from here? Because, you know, you do have this Michigan game and then you have an opportunity to, you know, win a couple more in a row. And, and that's, I think, what ultimately the Hawks need to see. And then, you know, you got to get to that Big Ten tournament and win a game or two and, you know, maybe kind of settle settle all this, uh, you know, overreaction that we've seen here lately, um, you know, because, because they are having a good season and we are seeing growth. We just want to see consistent growth. Right. Well, a lot of basketball left for sure. Um, well, let's uh, let's switch gears here to the Cyclones. Um, they had a pretty big um, 
had a pretty big game on Saturday against Old Miss in Big 12 SEC Challenge. Um, and they came into that game, uh, if I recall, I believe they were a couple point, um, um, I guess a couple point favorites to win that game. You know, they're, in my opinion, the Cyclones are one of the scarier teams in the nation right now. Um, you know, they're finally getting healthy. Uh, you know, they, they had Wigington on Saturday play, play well, score the basketball. You know, he had, uh, he played 21 minutes, had 18 points, which is, you know, very, very good. I think that's one thing that you and I have talked about quite often um, is the fact that, you know, hey, where does he come in? Uh, when does he start playing like the Lindell Wigginton of, of last year? Um, you know, sometimes it gets gets kind of tough to be yourself when you're coming into a situation that you might not be used to. I mean, coming off the bench um, and, you know, playing those, you know, more or less kind of spot minutes here, here and there you know, how do you, and maybe you've never had to come off the bench before, you know, how do you, um, how do you, how do you get yourself warmed up? How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, and, and get yourself into the flow of the game. Um, and actually Cameron Lard played uh, an okay game as well. You know, I think he's taken a little bit more time to get uh, um, up and running, I guess you might say from his suspension earlier this year. Um, you know, he, he played 16 minutes and scored 18 points. Um, and also Talon Horton Tucker, uh, the, the, you know, stud, stud freshman um, who has had some great games this year. He ended up with 23, um, eight rebounds and five assists. Uh, you know, some of the, <clears throat> of the plays he made were, were, <clears throat> were pretty impressive. You know, he, uh, I remember specifically uh, had a ball screen for him, drove the right baseline. He did, did more or less, I guess, pivot and uh, deep fadeaway. Um, and hit nothing but the bottom of that. You know, he's one of those guys who can score the basketball. Um, I think his uh, Achilles heel will be on the defensive end. But, you know, we've we've talked about it with a couple of, of the players here in Iowa. You know, he's only a freshman. So you kind of have to expect that from him. Um, and Wyla Babb, you know, had another <clears throat> another all around solid, solid game. You know, we've mentioned him as well. A couple of times uh, he had nine rebounds, eight assists and eight points. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess kind of flirting with it with I guess triple double there. Um, and you know, they, they, um, the Cyclones themselves selves shot about 69% uh, on the road even. And that is incredible. You know, they, we talked about Shayak a lot. He had 17, um, their main score, you know, he wasn't even, he was their I mean, third highest scorer in that game. And, you know, it's, in my opinion, it, it's good to see for, for Cyclone fans, Cyclone Nation, and Steve Prohm uh, as, a, as a head coach. Him maybe not have the best, you know, scoring output game he's had all year, but still get a win um, and get that win by about 15 points. So uh, impressive win by them on the road. And like I said, I think that they are, you know, they're putting themselves in line for a, for a Big 12 tournament title, um, if not in Kansas City, re- regular season as well. You know, they, they had a last Monday, it seems like forever ago, but they had a um, – they had a trip up against KU in Lawrence, you know, which is obviously one of the, one of the tougher places to play um, in the nation, but you know, they, they're setting themselves up well for the, for the rest of the season. Um, and they, they don't have any breaks either. They got West Virginia coming to town uh, here on Wednesday who has, who has um, already beaten KU and who has played some good basketball as of late. And they're always, that's always just a, that's always a tough game. I mean, just their style of play that West Virginia and, Huggy Bears got going. Um, it'll be interested to see 
you know, especially kind of those guards and how they handle the the contact and, you know, out front, it's, it's, it's kind of like holding in football. It's not a matter of, you know, when, or if it's going to happen, it's when it's happening and how much they're going to call. And, you know, they put pressure on you to do that. And so, yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see how that uh, game Wednesday goes. I also, I also heard that, um, the uh iowa state is working on a plan to to be able to accommodate for the temperature um you know because wednesday is supposed to be like a high of negative eight and so they're going to be doing something to be able to park and get you in a little bit quicker than (laughs) than having smart move yeah so i i I guess they haven't made that final announcement on that yet but i just thought that that was um that was kind of funny hearing that um but yeah, and you know, you mentioned a lot of things. I mean, with uh, Wyler Babb, his game specifically. I mean, eight points, eight assists, nine rebounds. I mean, that that's the kind of game that you want from from Wyler Babb. We talked a little bit before about him scoring or shooting too much. I mean, he he's out there. He's a floor general. He plays well on both ends, and you know, those are the kind of lines that that you want to see from see from him. And um, you know, like you said with uh, Wingate with Lindell, I think that um, you know he's kind of he's starting to settle into that group, into that groove. I would definitely um, say coming from DeMatha and AU circuit, I would say this is probably the first time in his, in his career that he's come off the bench. And so it's taking a little bit of time to get back in the groove and kind of find his role. But uh, you know, I think he's slowly kind of starting to settle in and, and know kind of when to pick his spots where we talked about it before on here, he would, he just seemed like he was pushing um, and trying to make things happen just a little too much. And so it's good to see him kind of settle in and, you know, Shayak, you're going to, his 17's low for him. I mean, you're going to get 17, 20, 25 from him every night. And so then it's just a matter of where do the rest of those pieces fall in. And so that, that was definitely a good win on the road. Um, I thought Cameron Lard too, like you said, he had 16 good minutes. But uh, the thing I like about him is when he comes in, he, you know, he brings energy and athleticism. Uh, he had that one block that I, that I saw that looked like that, I don't know the ball or somebody owed him something because he was angry at that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, mad at you know, and that's, that's, that's good to see. I mean, you going flipping back to on the Iowa side of things. I mean, that's something where we don't have somebody like that coming off the bench uh, that can come in with that type of energy um, and that type of athleticism. That's maybe somebody that you don't game plan against, maybe something that you completely forget about until he comes in and puts his little mark on the game. Um and so that's good. Like you said, I mean, talent-wise, moving forward and kind of starting to gel and starting to figure things out, uh, I think this Cyclone team is definitely going to be one to be reckoned with. And, um, you know, like you said, Wednesday night is going to be huge. I mean, they got um, – and then they turn around, what, Saturday, and I believe they have to host Texas. So they got two in a row um, yep. before having to go back out on the road. And so, uh, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch it. You know, I definitely think one thing – you know, you, we talked a little bit about Fran and, and kind of his style. One thing that Prome has has shown the ability to do is, um, you know, he's he's shown the ability to keep those guys happy and keep them engaged. You know, they always kind of yeah. have all walks of life and all sorts of talent from all over the place, and um, you know, which you would think would make that even more difficult. But but Steve Prome has found a way to be able to get those guys to, you know, throughout that course of the season. Um, really kind of come together and really figure out what their role and, you know, what's going to benefit them for whatever their uh, goals and dreams are moving forward. And so definitely, definitely starting Wednesday, it's a, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch and see what these Cyclones are able to do. Yeah. You know, you mentioned um, the job that Steve Perlman has done. I mean, how often can, can a head coach at a, at a power five conference school 
have a, you know, projected maybe uh, late first rounder, early second rounder uh, in Lindell Wigginton and somehow, somehow keep him happy coming off the bench here for, you know, honestly, the majority of the season. Once again, thank you for listening to the Shooter's Touch podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as obviously on Anchor. Um, And we'd love to hear from you. Leave a comment, uh, reply back to us on Twitter, Facebook, and let us know what you think. Have a great day, everybody.